So this is a podcast about being sober and being a creative person. And what does that look like? What are what's some shit that you run into? And reminder, like, we're not experts at all. We just are talking about our experience. It's the Sloppy Sober Podcast. Tyler Buckingham is a comic in Nashville. And how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, three and a half years. Three and a half years. Wow. Yep. And It'll be just, four in January. Okay. What are you going to do for your comedy birthday? Are you going to make a post on Instagram? <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like that's the only thing to do, yeah, right? Yeah. I guess. A collage of pictures of mm-hmm. me yelling at people in front of a mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll probably storm the comedy club or something. I don't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> something like, I don't know. Who knows? I haven't yeah. thought one day at a time. Oh, you know? uh, yeah. That's a full circle. That's pretty key. Yeah. So you're a comic in Nashville. What else? Anything else you want to say about yourself? Uh, I'm an expert Uber driver. Okay. I'm a culinary escort, as some would say. A culinary escort. Culinary escort. I'm a hired food assassin. Cool. Yeah. That's what I do. And then you eat a fry every once in a while. Absolutely. You you dip a little. Well, nipping and dipping. Hundred percent. If you see Tyler B show up <laughs> on your Uber or DoorDash, probably cancel the order because you're going to get about twenty five percent of mm-hmm. what was ordered. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on top of that, my impressive resume is rounded out with a little part time at a flower shop in Nashville, tearing down weddings. Cool. Yep. I love flowers. It's I've great. learned to appreciate them. Before you were like hated flowers, ungrateful, hated flowers, ungrateful to all flowers. Now, do you? That's uh, something you can do when you're sober. Something you can do when you're sober: stop and smell the roses. That's right. That is. There are plenty of things to do when you're sober. So, uh, okay, can you tell us a little teensy bit of your sobriety, like? Journey is such a, f- a fucking thing. When I, people when people are like, oh, this is my journey. What What is your trail that you have blazed? Uh, blazing trails. Um, Blaze. Let's see. I, uh, I'm almost, I'll be, f- the Lord willing, I'll be five years sober in November. Living that outlaw life. Miami. Miami, Florida. Why Miami. Uh, I used to teach golf there, big golf instructor, and I was a big blow instructor <laughs> also. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cocaine? Cocaine. Wow. Yep. Wow. The white man's anthrax, okay. as they call it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, amongst other things, and uh, had to rein that in a little bit. Let's see. No, so I, I came to Nashville uh, about five years ago, to went to rehab, and I stayed for 90 days. Where'd you go to rehab? Uh, Discovery Place in Burns, Tennessee. 10 out of 10. I would recommend it to anybody uh, wanting to go on a spiritual uh, retreat, if you will. It's spiritual? I went to rehab and it was not spiritual. Well, you went to Cumberland? I went to Cumberland Heights. But we did do, at the end, we had this like, (laughs) the woman, I loved her so much. She was great. She, I think she, pretty much saved my life uh but she had us do this she had this drum and we had to take a rock thing and that was kind of like the most spiritual thing now i can't remember but i still have the rock but she did a drum thing the drum with the rock 
she like played a drum and she did a and she was a white woman so like a humming bowl something you've, you've no not a singing bowl singing no. bowl no, like she had a drum, like a bum bum bum. Okay, but it was not. It wasn't spiritual. So I'm actually just interested. Why? Was it a crack rock? No, it sounds. No, no, I have it. I have it in my office. Okay. Have you no. tried to smoke it? No, I never. Uh-huh. I never liked smoking. I just liked smoking cigarettes. Oh, uh, okay. I smoked weed, but weed made me Salvia? super. No, I never did salvia. That I had too many friends do salvia that were like, I fucking hate that. Yeah, not did, fun. Salvia did you do it a lot? sucked. No, a couple times, and it was like, this is trash. It smelled like fish. I found that salvia smelled like fish. So, sorry, I interrupted you because I just think it's interesting. So, that is a spiritual rehab place? It is. In what sort of sense? So to speak. It's not insurance. It's no no insurance is taken there. So they can do some different things at a non-insurance place. There's positives and negatives to both. But I stayed there for 90 days. And then I stayed uh, basically in a halfway or a three-quarter house for a year. So, because, I mean, I was like pretty much done. At the end of the old proverbial line, the was, old long white line. Was, was cocaine your main thing? No. No, I loved prescription pills. Okay. Uh, big fan of those. And I, um, yeah, so I was, I was pill guy, Percet, Adderall, the other things, you know. Uh, Aspirin. Oxy, I mean, you know, I get Oxycontin. Um, it feels dirty when I say that. Really? Still to this day. Oh, yeah. Um, but now I've said it online, so there, there it is. So you can't, can't take it back. Um, yeah, those things. Mm-hmm. I had fads and all of it, all yeah. the phase, all the different stuff. But those are my favorite things. Mm-hmm. These are a few of my favorite things. These are, yeah. How yeah. come they haven't made a song like that? They should. Zannies and... They do. Well, Perky. Queens of the Stone Age has a song called uh, The Feel Good Hit of the Summer. It's like mm-hmm. nicotine, Valium, Vicodin, Marijuana, Ecstasy, and Alcohol. These are a few of my favorite things. And you, what's a three-quarter house? All right. House? Yeah, yeah. So when you get out of uh, rehab or jail or whatever, there's different halfway houses. Like I think when you get out of jail, you go to a halfway house. It doesn't even mean you're like integrating back into society. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got out of rehab, you go to a halfway house. You're integrating back into society. Um, you get your phone back. I didn't have I didn't have my phone for ninety or a hundred days, which felt good, mm-hmm. surprisingly. Um, and then I didn't have my car for 120 days, which was kind of nice at times. And, but you know, you're living with uh, other guys that are trying to do the same thing. It's like going to war because like every day you, like I lived with 10 guys and you know, every week some guy might slip, you know, and then Mm -hmm. you're out of the house. That's the main thing. You got to stay sober to live in that house. Um, so, fortunately, I was able to to do that, mm-hmm. and I went through with some really good guys that I'm still friends with to this day too. Yeah, I'm sure you are as well. I I am. I'm still friends. I have a very good friend from rehab. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very that's important because you can't like I couldn't do it by myself. Yeah, you know? I find now the people that I have the my closest relationships, the most meaningful relationships that I have, are from the program. Mm-hmm. Which I don't, I don't say what program I work, um, but I work a program, and those 
to this day are the most impactful just can be my best self with those people yeah yeah because like they get you Mm -hmm. comics are a little bit like that we all kind of even though we have our discrepancies you know like Mm -hmm. we're more alike than not but in uh you know you go through rehab and you're you meet those people like you're really you're your most vulnerable when you're around them Mm -hmm. so when you're vulnerable with somebody generally you're going to get closer to them Mm -hmm. um but, but yeah i think it's important to have a good core group of people yeah. to do you what do you do so for someone who is let's say that's like creative or maybe not even creative because no i'm not i'm not the, i can't draw <laughs> but yeah but you know like so think about like somebody who is thinking about doing like oh god i could never live in a halfway house like did you were you at a point like did you know that you had a problem or did somebody send you or yeah, I I went to rehab uh, eight or ten years before the second time, mm-hmm. uh, and I knew I knew I had a problem for over a decade, mm-hmm. almost two decades really. Mm-hmm. I was a drinker for you know high school and then obviously college hit, and then you throw in you're just throwing in stuff, then kind of testing it all out, yeah. see what's fun. Um, so yeah, I mean I knew for for a while, and I got to the point where I was like. Um, I was, I was really willing to do whatever it took to get sober, mm-hmm. even if that meant stopping my life, which I thought, honestly, that's what was going to happen. So did I, like, yes. Uh, while I was, even though I wanted, so to speak, to go to rehab, like, uh, it still felt like my funeral going there, you know? Like, I felt like I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to die. This is going to be horrible, but whatever I'm doing right now is just a little bit worse. So if I can, I feel like life's going to still suck after I get sober, but as long as it doesn't suck as bad, which I believed, and I was wrong, it turned out life got a lot better, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't, I couldn't, it felt like it was my death. It was a death, which it kind of was, it was the death of an old person. Death of an old you. I had that same feeling of like, I don't know what I'm going to do because what I like to do was drink and smoke cigarettes. Like that's what I liked to do for fun. Like, and I did comedy. I did never did stand up when I was drinking, but I did like improv and I same sort of like, I didn't want to give up that life. Cause I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? Right. Who, who yeah. am I? Because for a long time I knew I was like my personality, the way that I would describe myself to somebody would be like, I'm an alcoholic. Like, and I was proud of it, which yeah, is so fucking weird. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, that sort of like, I remember I had to stay at my parents' house because uh, I did uh, day day treatment. So oh, outpatient? Like, outpatient, yeah. What do they call it? Oh, Out, It's outpatient. Uh, I think it's just outpatient, right? Yeah. yeah. it's there's, there's some kind of like three-letter lingo and for I it. I was I living in Atlanta at the time, but I came here to do outpatient and then... Uh, I remember sitting on my parents' porch, like smoking cigarettes, like being sober and being like, what am I going to do? So then I would just go to meetings all Mm -hmm. the time because I had no idea what else to do with myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's like a very bad feeling of like being back at your parents' place and trying to figure life out. But uh, that's like, I think 
the best for people. Like if everybody could go back to their parents' house and be humiliated and humbled, <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, you think you've got life by the balls, but you don't. You I, know? I mean, I was lucky because I had supportive parents who were like willing to help me. Some people do not have right. that. You know, some people cannot go home. And I think that that's where like the rooms in the community of other yeah, yeah, yeah. community can help. Mm-hmm. Well, my parents made me want to drink too, being uh, around them. You know, and I'm sure a lot of people are sure. like this. Like after a couple of days, I'm just like, Ugh, <laughs> all right. But especially when you're just getting sober, yeah. it's like... A whole nother test. Yeah, because you're seeing things for like... Yeah. In real time, in reality. Um, So when did you start doing comedy? Uh, I started... I've always wanted to do it. And I started at 11 months sober. I was like, you know, I'm going to do it before I get it, become a year sober. That's going to be like a thing. And I started writing comedy like seven months sober. So I wrote a few months before I started... Uh, one week before I had set the date and I was going to go to, uh, turn one bar, which is now yeah. the underdog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one week before, like five days before I slipped and fell at this golf course I was working at and ruptured my patellar tendon. Uh, so like my kneecap went up, my quad rolled up my leg, um, immediately knew I was going to have to have surgery. It was so painful. They put me in a straight, straight leg cast I ended, up, I ended up being in a cast for six months. So if anybody saw me on stage the first six months, I was wearing a cast. How did you manage your pills? Uh, I took, well, I didn't manage them. I oh, okay. Didn't, you okay. know, you were at that, you thing. were still at the house? You were still at the halfway house? Yeah. The three-quarter house? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I went back to my parents' house for one week after surgery. Mm-hmm. And I took one Percocet day one, one Percocet day two, and one day three. Uh, and was still in like an enormous amount of pain, mm-hmm. but I actually took them for their what they're used for. Purpose, yeah. Uh, and that it was such a serious surgery that you couldn't really avoid. Oh sure, yeah, you know, yeah, not yeah. Taking them or yeah. something, uh, and I had like a numbing, two numbing shots that numbed my entire left side for like a day and a half. Fuck. So I didn't feel any pain for like thirty six hours after, and then it hit like a train wreck. Mm. Um. I couldn't move, you know, it was horrible, but, um, so before the surgery, I was like, I'm going to do comedy. I slipped and fell and I was like, well, I still better do it because I know I won't do it for a long time after surgery. Uh, so I went up and did it and I remember Andre Churchwell laughed at a joke and I remember Mm -hmm. Shane, I think laughed at a joke (laughs) and Matt Boyd hosted Mm -hmm. And I think Ben Sawyer was there. I think Micah Wyman was there. I can kind of see the room a little bit. Maybe Cody Marley. Um, But so my buddy took a picture of it. And I still have the hospital band on because I'd gotten out of the hospital. Yeah, this was two days before, actually, because I still had the band on. Mm -hmm. So but I wasn't in any pain because there had been no surgery. Yeah, and I was mm-hmm. in a straight leg cast, so I couldn't bend my knee. So gotcha. it didn't hurt. It was just a massive inconvenience. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into it. And then from that moment on, you, no. heard, you heard Andre laugh at your joke and you were like that. Well, yeah, you realize you've hit the peak of comedy when you hear <laughs> Andre Churchwell laughing. <laughs> and you're kind of like, if this is what show business is, uh-huh. I'm here for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. This is it. You hear 
Andre's laugh and Shane's laugh, and they combine. meet and combine powerful, in the middle. Very powerful. Uh, it's like an infinity of, stone, you know, that like takes over and yeah, yeah. eats you alive. Yep. Great. So, I was uh, I slowly hooked on comedy. Okay. Uh, and a lot of replacing one addiction for another. Okay, that's yeah. In I, some sense, I can I can dig that. And then, uh, so. What would you say, being sober and being a comedian, what has been mm, the biggest challenge as a sober person in comedy? I'll say, I don't know, really. I mean, you would think being in a bar every night would be a challenge. that doesn't ever bother me. But after, like, the first few times, uh, it's not an issue. Like, I'm there, the way I look at it is I'm there for – like to clock in mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, like I'm here for a reason. I'm not here to, I'm not going to wander in and be like, what, what's going on here? Oh, alcohol, ooh, booze. Mm. <laughs> well, sure. I'm here. Uh, so I don't, I go there for a reason and a purpose. And, um, I don't know. I mean, and you know, guy, people smoking weed, it doesn't really bother me. And I used to think I'm like, there's no way I could be around weed and smell it. I remember having this thought like a couple weeks sober. I'm like, I'll never be able to be around weed and not want to partake. Like, that's insane. Uh, Probably some of the uncomfortable, like leading up to big shows Mm -hmm. or something, you know, you get kind of uncomfortable, but that's all, that's just me stuff. I mean, nobody's ever put me in a position to, you know. When you say like leading up to big shows, so what do you mean? Um,. I've never had like the urge to drink before, but mm-hmm. I've had very, I've been very uncomfortable before big shows. And that's the thing about not drinking and not smoking is like, you have to kind of feel that. Yeah. Like you have to, to the fullest extent. It sucks. Uh, and yeah, it's no fun. It always feels when you're up there, it's good, but you're just like. Well, I wouldn't say it's good. Yeah. No. I wouldn't say it. So, well. Sometimes I'm so in my head as I'm telling the joke. That's yeah. been a real problem for me. Do you have a conversation in your head while you're telling a yeah. joke, too? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen to me any... I've never experienced outside of doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Have you? Uh, I'll, occasionally, I will. Like, yeah. if I'm at like work or something, uh-huh. and I'll... <laughs> if I'm in my car driving for Uber Eats, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'll hear this thing in my head. Um, no, like, when I'll... Occasionally, I'll do that. But that's yeah. just me and my... Oh, yeah. That's just me. That's yeah. not anything anybody else is doing. Correct. It's just me. All yeah. Right. So, okay, you're doing you're doing it in comedy. Ha- have you had an awkward, sober moment? In comedy? or Just, just in general. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you pull out the Rolodex. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty large question. My whole life is now awkward, essentially. Yeah, five, five, five. You know? Got Boom. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Okay, yep, that, that was a... I thrive on... Yeah. That's the only way... I, my currency is awkwardness. Yeah. Last night at that show, Tyler and I did a show last night at a very cool... <laughs> fucking way too cool. Too cool for us. Uh, East Nashville hang. It was so goddamn cool. And one person was like this to me. And I didn't realize that they wanted me to give them a high five. I was like, certainly, they're not trying to high five me. I'm just stop. Hey, yeah, and and I was like, oh god, and it was so awkward because I was like, uh, I high fived him, and then I was like, I didn't know that that was for me, 
Like, yeah. it's like well, who does that? Like, Google's so fucking weird. So weird. Um, yeah, every moment, mainly awkward. Um, okay, what do you do quickly to stay sober? What are things that you do to, to stay sober? <clears throat> um, well, I, I work a, a program. Mm-hmm. And uh, I meditate. Oh, nice. Big meditator. I do. Yeah, the insight timer. Do you do it every day? Every day. My longest streak is like 60-something days. Maybe longer. How long do you do it for? Five to ten minutes. Oh. Yeah. I'm zen as fuck. Um, But that's not... I mean, that, that helps me not have those voices in my head. Sure. It kind of clears all that out. But I'll do that. I've started to eat healthy, and I've started to go to the gym, and uh, and uh, you know I have some spiritual things that I do as well. Um, so a, kind of a culmination of all that stuff. I, at the moment, I don't have any sponsees. I'm not mm-hmm. per se helping, you know. But I've had spon- sponsees. Yes. Yeah. And all that. If you had anything for somebody who's struggling out there, what would you say? I don't. I could, I guess I could call it advice, but like, again, we're just from your perspective. Mm. Yeah. What would you say? Well, my first instinct was just say, ah, kill yourself. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that's from the comics perspective. That's the answer. But from Mm. like a real person perspective, I would say, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody for help. Yeah. Especially somebody that they have what you want Mm -hmm. and being sober or whatever yeah because that's the only way those people can kind of re you know keep it going past the what do they call it past the ball or i don't know what it is but i see like it's hard to if you need help getting sober it is hard to get sober from someone who has not experienced that before yeah Uh, i don't i couldn't have done it without someone who has been through it before. so you know what you all should do is have it bring somebody on and have an intervention have the <laughs> first podcast intervention. This is actually it right now. Uh, so real quick, what's your socials? How can people follow you? Uh, at T-Buck Comedy. That's on Instagram. Or Great. you can type in on Facebook, uh, Tyler Buckingham. It's me in front of graffiti. That's my picture. Real cool. Oh, wow. Very edgy, Tyler. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.